Hey, what's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Triple F Podcast. Welcome to another episode. In today's show, I'm going to be talking about training a little bit. I'm talking about the hip thrust, and I'm talking about the deadlift and some variations of those that I like, especially on the deadlift, and then kind of reviewing the hip thrust as a movement and letting you know if it should be included in your program. Um, this episode brought to you by you guys, the listeners. I am very grateful that you take the time to tune into this podcast and listen to it. I just hope that some of the information is going to be valuable for you and you can take it and apply it to your own training, nutrition, and fitness um, if it is valuable to you. It'd mean a lot if you could just head over to Instagram today if you have that and look up Stoltz Fit. I always write that in the description of the podcast. Uh, Give me a follow there. And you can have contact with me through messaging there and also see what I'm up to via my posts and stories. Uh, Go follow at StoltzFit on Instagram. And that's your homework for today, I guess. Uh, But I do thank you for all the support of the podcast. Let's get started today's show. Uh, This one's about training, something I really like to talk about. This one's specifically about the glutes and the hips and the deadlifts slash the hip thrusts. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here with another episode. This is episode 319 of the Triple F Podcast, and I wanted to talk a little bit today. It might be a short episode, but I'm going to answer a couple listener questions today. Um, I'm going to first answer a more simple question that's just going to be my opinion, I guess, and then I'm going to give you more practical advice uh, for training. Now, I do believe, you know, I I know my audience varies in training experience. My audience varies in how seriously you take training. Some people just want to stay active and healthy. Some people love the gym. Some people are competitive. There's a very, very big uh, spread of people. And for those who are more beginners and aren't really familiar with the exercise selections and the movements and the techniques, this one might be a little bit complicated, but I do encourage you to get into it a little bit, right? You can keep things very, very simple. You don't have to do things complicated. You don't have to dive all in. You don't have to be reading research. You don't have to have a trainer. It's maybe a good thing to have someone look at your form for the first few weeks. Um, But you can make a very, very simple program with some basic movements. If you could learn how to squat, even if it's a dumbbell, even if it's body weight, if you can learn how to hip hinge correctly, whether that's a hip thrust, a deadlift, a straight leg deadlift, which I'll get into today, uh, you need to know how to do that. If you can use any upper body machines in a gym, you can have a pretty good workout and you can get a you can get in very good shape, get very strong, and definitely improve yourself. I think that sometimes we overcomplicate things and we make people think they have to do the complicated movements when in reality you can stick to the basics, learn a couple free weight movements, get really good at those, uh, add on as you want to from there, and also use things like cables and machines and bands and body weight 
and watch your life transform because I do think everyone should be resistance training. It's going to be the biggest game changer in your fitness, in my opinion. I actually think it's just as important as nutrition in a different way. Of course, nutrition is more important for health and internal chemistry and everything like that, but the resistance training is really what's going to help your metabolism because you're building muscle. Your resistance training is going to help you burn more calories through the day, which is also going to help that. It's also going to increase your longevity. It's your lifespan. It's your quality of life to be more strong and more fit. Uh, That rants over, I guess, but I'm going to get into the questions. I just, as some of these things are going to be more complex, I just want you guys who aren't into it to get into it, I guess. Uh, So the first question comes on Instagram at StoltzFit, and the question is, what are my opinions on the barbell hip thrust? And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today, Um, kind of give you my two cents on what I think about the hip thrust as an exercise. This has gotten more popular recently. You see people doing a hip thrust uh, a lot more in gyms now, whether that's body weight, banded, they make machines for hip thrust, uh, a barbell, right, is the classic way, or a Smith machine. So what are my opinions on it? Well, my opinions are that it's fantastic. I think that a hip thrust is awesome, and uh, it's a very, very good movement for people who don't have the technique down on other hip-dominant movements. So I'm not belittling it. I'm not saying it's necessarily worse than a squat or a deadlift or a straight leg deadlift, but those are going to, like I talked about last week, give you more bang for your buck in a shorter amount of time. They're not necessary, but they are going to hit a lot of different muscle groups, do it very, very well. You're able to overload it very well, and uh, you're able to, you know, I I don't like the word functional, but you're going to make some leg strength at the squats, and you're going to make posterior uh, posterior chain strength of the deadlifts and hip hinges, which is really going to translate well to life. Uh, that being said, the hip thrust does a good job of that as well, right? Because the glutes are a very, very important muscle group. If anything positive has come from the hip thrust becoming more popular right now in gyms and on social media and everything, it's probably just because people are realizing the importance of the hips and the glutes. Because as a strength coach, you know, we know that that is the power. Glutes are where the power comes from. If you want to be stronger, more athletic, uh, make things easier in your life, hips are where it's at. Strong hips, strong glutes, strong legs too, but really the posterior chain and that big muscle group of the gluteus maximus, those are going to be what creates the power, athleticism, and just general uh, general quality of life improvements. I think more more than any muscle group, in your whole body, that's going to definitely improve you, even more than the abs or low back or uh, anything like that. Uh, So with that being said, I think that, as I said, there are maybe better ways to hit the posterior chain. And by better, I only mean more time effective because the hip thrust is going to pretty much isolate the glutes. You're going to get some hamstring work, maybe a little lower back work, But that's about it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you are short on time, if you are making a, uh, you know, less frequency-based program, so you're going to go to the gym fewer days a week, and you have limited time, you probably are going to be better off doing a squat or a deadlift, and you don't have to do a hip thrust 
to grow the glutes or to make the hips stronger um, because basically deadlifts, rack pulls, and squats will do the exact same thing. If you include, well, at first let's break down what the hip thrust is doing as a movement, I guess. So you're essentially improving lockout strength, right? If you take someone hip thrusting a barbell, remove the barbell in your imagination and turn them uh, 90 degrees to the right so they're standing, they're essentially locking out a deadlift, right? You're squeezing your glutes at the top. That's what you're doing, only you are going up instead of forward. Uh, and that is what the hip thrust is. Um, in that case, we can actually train that movement in a lot of different ways, right? We can do something like a squat or maybe a box squat would be a great example of this where you have a limited range of motion in the bottom so you're not limited by weight there but you're really improving the lockout at the top bringing the hips up in the squat or maybe something like a rack pull where the bar is uh, in your hands but it's a lot higher so you aren't limit you're not limited by load there and you lock out the hips that way now the problem with those movements is that they are limited sometimes by other muscle groups and you're not really able to fully train the lockout right and this could be seen as a good or a bad thing i think because in one turn of things it's maybe good to fix your weakest links and your weaknesses bring those things up so if you're not able to keep your upper back uh, tight enough to hold a rack pull with 700 pounds on it and that's what you can lock out you're not really able to train your lockout for your deadlift with the rack pull because you're limited by other things maybe it's your grip maybe in the squat your core breaks down before you can even you know train the glutes really that way in the hips um, but in a hip thrust you don't have that no no limitations right the only limitation is your hips which is the positive there because you can totally train that isolate that part of the movement and maybe there are other ways to train it maybe those are more effective with other muscle groups but if you really truly want to train lockout strength and you want to get stronger hips the hip thrust is going to probably be your best movement in my opinion now i don't think it's a substitution for things like a squat movement pattern or even a hip hinge movement pattern because there's so many more, more muscle groups that go into that. If you think of something like a straight leg deadlift or even a normal deadlift, you're going to have your hamstrings a lot more involved, your lower back, your upper back, uh, and of course your glutes all involved in that. The hip thrust is more glute focused, which is fine. Just don't use it as a replacement, but it definitely has its place. And I think it mostly has the place for two groups of people. One are people that want to isolate the glutes, which is pretty much what it's used for, right? You can do a lot of variations and it's going to do a good job of focusing on the glutes without getting you really fatigued in the legs, which is kind of going to be the struggle or the low back even. Uh, so it's good for those people. Also good for people who want to specifically work on their weaknesses and have a weakness on the lockout of a deadlift. So if you can get a deadlift off the floor, but can't finish it and bring your hips forward, that extra glute strength from hip thrusting is going to be huge. Uh, and it's really going to help you out. So that's my opinion on the hip thrust. Um, I think that it is a good movement. And if you have time and you are one of those two groups of people, might as well throw it in. And the next thing I want to talk about today is deadlift substitution. So last week I talked a little bit about how you don't have to do the deadlift, but it can be very useful. And today I want to talk about maybe some alternatives to it. So talk about the hip thrust already for the hips, right? But I actually have more movements. Um, I just have three that I think are going to be 
really good substitutes for the barbell deadlift if you're not able to pick the weight up off the floor, right? A lot of people can't get into the movement pattern for that, but can't have the mobility uh, to really lift it off the floor in a safe manner and overload that. And I think it is important that you work towards that, but I also think it's important to not just work towards that for six months and not do any kind of progressive overload at all. So it's important to find substitution movements that train the movement pattern and you're going to get better as you go anyways. Um, the first one is going to be a deadlift off of blocks. This is something that I've been doing lately and I've been loving it. I've been loving it a lot more than actual deadlifts and I don't even know unless my goal changes to having a stronger deadlift, I don't know why I would ever deadlift again without blocks. Uh, basically, this is just going to raise the barbell up a little bit. So I use bumper plates on the deadlift, which bumper plates are a little bit bigger than metal plates. So that's going to raise the bar off a little bit. And then I stack it on two bumper plates. So it's about shin height, mid shin height, I guess. And that is going to make a big difference, right? Instead of being lower shin, now it's upper shin between the middle of my lower leg and the knee, if you can think of the midpoint there. That's where the bar is now. That's going to overload the posterior chain a little more, specifically the back, because you're not limited by leg strength and glute strength off the floor, and the mobility factor is fixed. So I find that I'm able to get in a so much better position, stay way more tight, really, really be powerful coming off of that and overload it so much better. I've experienced more gains from the deadlift than I have in years since implementing it on blocks. I think that is going to be a big game changer for a lot of people. Unless you're wanting to be in a competition and deadlift competitively, don't feel like you have to do it off the floor. There are lots of variations that are going to be just as good, in my opinion. Now, are they going to be just as good as getting you stronger at a deadlift off the floor? No, but they are going to be very good at developing those muscle groups, going through that movement pattern that I think is so important. The next one is just maybe a safer version, which is a trap bar deadlift. And I actually like to mix this one with the last one, do a trap trap bar deadlift off of really low blocks. So it's a little bit risen up, takes a little bit of the legs out of it, adds a little bit more to the back. You can just kind of think of the higher the bar is, the more on your low and upper back it's going to be, and the glutes, less on your legs because you're going to be higher off the ground. You have less of a knee angle, right? Or I guess more of a knee angle, you could say. Instead of being closer to 90 degrees at your knee, you're further, you're an obtuse angle, I guess you could say. The trap bar deadlift is great, though, because uh, it's going to involve your legs a little bit more. It's going to keep you way more upright than a normal deadlift. And the handles are to the side, which is really going to be good for uh, posture. You're able to really tuck your shoulder blades a lot easier. You're really able to, uh, I guess when you fail, it's way more, it's way less dangerous on a trap bar deadlift because uh, you just kind of start crumbling a little bit. But if you can't pick it up, you you can't pick it up. And with a normal deadlift, it kind of pulls you forward and you can get it up with a rounded back, which can be dangerous. Trap bar deadlift way safer. You're going to get the same benefits, just maybe with a little more leg work. It's a good movement. It's not my favorite. I like, no, I like the bar in front of me a little bit more, but that's because I know the technique and I'm good at it. But for people who had never done a deadlift before, I would for sure start them with the trap bar deadlift off of blocks and work down to a trap bar deadlift off the floor. I think that that is an excellent movement and is a good way to train the hip hinge without being a total hip hinge. 
the trap bar deadlift combined with my third movement, which is the Romanian deadlift, are a great pair. The Romanian deadlift or a straight leg deadlift is pretty much uh, where you're going to be hip hinging, but without the knee bend at the bottom of the deadlift. So just focusing on the hamstrings, bringing the glutes forward. This is probably one of my favorite movements for the lower body and even for the lower back. I think that it is one of the best movements of all time. I'm a raving fan, as you can tell. And I, it's probably the best hamstring movement of all time. And I think that it's the best hip movement of all time, even more than the hip thrust and the normal deadlift. It's way safer than, than the normal deadlift. I've never even gotten close to tweaking anything on a, on a Romanian deadlift. Um, if it, you can start really light and you can actually have a really good workout with higher reps. You can go really heavy and really build some strength. And I think it's just a fantastic exercise. So you're basically going to stand there with a bar, slide it down your legs, stick the hips out behind you and snap the hips forward. So bring the glutes in, flex them, boom, that's a rep. Uh, and I think that's great for kind of counteracting a lot of the posture that we do during the day. So you're focusing on your posterior chain, focusing on those hamstrings, really flexing the hips, which is something that are turned off a lot during the day. If we're sitting at an office and all that excellent movement and is actually an alternative to the deadlift because the deadlift, uh, you just, the only difference is that you have more range of motion and you have uh, that knee bend at the bottom. So you're picking it up off the floor, straight leg deadlift, the remaining deadlift is going to start in your hands and you're just going to bend over uh, with straighter legs, obviously, which is going to just increase the activation of the posterior chain and less on a little bit less on the glutes off the bottom and less off the thighs, the quads. Uh, and those are my three. I think that if you can include if you can include those three or maybe even all three in your training program, you'll actually see a lot of carryover to your deadlift. Um, I've noticed things don't really carry over very well to the squat and the bench, uh, but things carry over very, very well to the deadlift. You can do these movements, get really strong on them, and probably go back to your deadlift and see 50 pounds added onto it just by getting better at these because they're essentially the same movement pattern when you really break it down. I think that is the lesson of today is hopefully you got some ideas for movement, some ideas on the hip thrust, but also kind of see how my mind works about movements. You're looking at movement patterns, how effective they are, how time efficient they are, and what some maybe safer alternatives are that do the same exact thing. That's my opinion on the hip thrust and some alternatives to the deadlift. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Go follow me on Instagram at stoltzfit for more great content and tune in next time to the triple F podcast. See you later. Thank you for listening to the triple F podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.